Welcome to another episode of the Ignited Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Jessica, your host, and I invite you to join in and listen to a conversation with an amazing entrepreneur who has leaned into their passion and is igniting their life and the life of others. Welcome to another episode of Ignited Entrepreneurs. Today, I am very excited because I have with me the anti-hustle guy, Ashao Freesky. Ashao, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be awesome and very um, selfishly interesting for me. <laughs> so I'm really excited to hear all about the anti-hustle and how we can be more productive and yet still um, you know, save time, have time for ourselves. So Asho, can you please tell everybody who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Yeah. So I help mainly coaches, online coaches and course creators become more productive. And really the end goal is so that not just to do more and, you know, do more faster, but really so that we can work less and actually live more. And especially for us who are parents, uh, especially those who have young kids, it's really about creating space so that we can enjoy our families while we're growing a business. And that is not all about our business, but that our business is there to serve our life. Ooh, I like what you said about creating space. That, yeah. That just yeah. feels good, right? Like it doesn't feel like you're not doing something for your business. It feels more like you're creating a way that you can do it all. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. Tell me, so how did you come to be the anti-hustle guy? What was your journey? What did you do before? Yeah, well, my journey really was rooted in my pain of uh, being just very distracted and I would procrastinate a lot. I was that guy that, you know, <laughs> would stay up all night in college working on an assignment and handing it literally at the last minute, like, you know, the class starts at whatever, 9 a.m. And I'm, and I'm still working on it. And I'm like about to hand it in, right, as we're like cutoff time. Um, and I just, I, I couldn't get myself to do the things that I knew I quote unquote should or that I wanted to do. Um, and I, I thought I was a lazy person, like as if that was a character trait of mine that couldn't be changed. And that, I, I struggled with that for years. And then we had our, our first child, Ocean, and I, I was working. I, I would get up in the morning. It was still dark. I would leave for work. And before she woke up, before my, my wife and my daughter woke up, and I would get back home, and it was late, and I wouldn't see her. Like, I would barely see her for maybe a few hours before she had to go to bed. And this is going on, you know, for months, and I'm just feeling like... I'm missing out on her childhood. And that is what really sparked me to want to do things differently. And I went on a journey of researching, um, how can I do this differently? Uh, and another part of that was also that becoming a new parent, I suddenly had zero time to myself. <laughs> you know, like you're taking care of this child that's just like, well, the whole routine changes, you can't sleep at night. And my wife had a cesarean, and so she was recovering from surgery. 
and so I had to take care of her as well. And it, you know, it's, it's sad to say, but I, I started to feel a feeling of resentment towards my family because I, I just had no space for myself and I was getting lost. And obviously there was love there and, and amazement. Um, but the reality was that I was just, I felt kind of claustrophobic within, within this family dynamic. And I knew something had to change. And, you know, I, I picked up this book, uh, and it was a book on fathering or something. I don't know. I just opened it to a random page and I read one sentence and it said, as a father, you need to get up early in the morning and have time to yourself. And that struck so true to me. I was like, I need to get up early in the morning and have time to myself. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, having struggled in my past with wanting to create, uh, you know, I tried working out and and giving up going to the gym. I tried working out with my buddy in his basement and I gave up on that. And I, you know, I, I believed I was a night owl. And I was like, how can I get up when I'm a night owl? Right. Again, this fixed mindset about who I am. And so I started studying neuroscience and behavior change. And I, I applied the things that I was learning. And progressively, I started to develop uh, you know, a small but solid morning ritual. I started it with just a small 15 minutes, or I don't even know, maybe even 10 minutes when I first started. And it built up, you know, I was consistent with it because I, I was applying the things I was learning. And I started having friends ask me, like, what are you doing? Like, how are you so disciplined? And that really struck me. I was like, disciplined? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, are you are you, are you pointing to me? Like, disciplined? <laughs> I never would have thought of myself as someone who was disciplined. That was completely outside of my self-image. Um... But I started to build a reputation in the community as like the go-to person for habits and behavior change. And I was like, okay, well, you know, these people think I know something, so maybe I, maybe I do. Um, and I started putting on workshops and programs on goal setting and habit change. And I started to, you know, get good feedback from people. And just naturally uh, being you know, it kind of being part of how I was now operating in the world, I brought that into my business as well. Applying the behavior change concepts and habits and systems. I love systems. I, I, I live by systems. <laughs> I run my business off systems now. And, you know, one day I noticed I had spent the full day undistracted and highly effective from the very beginning of the day until the end. And... And it wasn't even like an unusual day. That was actually how most of my days were now. It had become the norm, but that was so opposite of how I used to live. And suddenly it just like I saw the contrast of where I was, this like distracted, procrastinating, um, you know, going down rabbit holes for hours at a time to now just like being on task every minute of the day and having my full day like scheduled out and and yeah, just felt like I was making real progress. Um, so that was, yeah, that was like a big realization for me. And, and, but that wasn't the biggest change. Really what ended up happening was that I didn't just change how others saw me, but I also fundamentally changed how I saw myself. Mm. That's powerful, isn't it? When you see it for yourself, finally. 
Yeah, and I know of nothing more deeply satisfying than becoming who I have today and, and the process of progressively expressing a true truer version of myself. Like that's just so uh just such a, a satisfying experience. Yeah, and one of the things I really love about your story was that you didn't start with like, you know, a 75 hard kind of program. You know, it was like you took small steps. I got up 10 minutes early and that's where it started and you just stacked from there, right? And I think that's what scares a lot of people. It's like you got to do like a total 180 if you want to change something, but you don't. It starts with, like you say, just those small daily habits and changes. Yeah, and I think that's one of the fundamental reasons why people fail you know like people will set new year's resolutions and then by mid-february 80 percent of people have already given up on their new year's resolution because they have this big go big or go home mentality and they think that they need to make a 180 like you said a 180 shift you know okay i'm gonna run five kilometers every day even though they've never ran a day in their life <laughs> <laughs> and then you know but they have this high level of motivation but motivation waxes and wanes and you can't optimize your goals relying on motivation. Another thing that I've also learned recently, and I want to give the credit to the amazing Ed Milet, because he's the one who taught me the um, keeping promises to yourself and how that adds to your self-esteem. But then what I started to think about is that if we keep, if we make a promise to ourselves and we don't keep it, it actually does way more damage than if we'd never made that promise in the first place. And so again, back to the whole start small, only do what you know you can actually do so that you don't actually take away from yourself in the process. Mm. Yeah, and you know, that was in my past, the trap that I fell into was not wanting to make commitments I couldn't live up to, so I wouldn't make commitments at all to mm. myself. And when I realized, oh, you can make a micro commitment And then it's easy to stick to. And then you build self-esteem and you build momentum. And then you make another slightly larger micro-commitment. And then you build more momentum and more self-esteem. Oh, how come I never thought of that? <laughs> yeah, micro-commitment. I like that. That See, now that sounds like something that any of us could do at any time. Just going to make a little micro-commitment. And it doesn't seem like it's going to... It's just not scary. It doesn't It doesn't have that... Um, oh, I can't do that, or or where am I going to find time for that, or all those regular like yeah buts that come up. A micro commitment. I mean, that's easy, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay, so so back to kind of like how you started to make those changes. What was what do you think was the thing that started to help you shift and and create over time? those those changes that turned into you now being so much more productive and, and having that space for everything that you want in your life i think like we were just saying micro commitments just consistent changes in in my behavior and when it comes to business my workflow and implementing one habit at a time in my business and you know when we get into time blocking i'm going to you know address what those different components are but i think it was really just adding one thing and then getting that down as a habit and then adding another thing and then getting that down as a habit and and building up from there 
Yeah, I like that. And, I, you know, you can only focus on so much, right? So if you only f- say commit to one thing at a time, turning it into a habit and then building from there, I mean, that that's so it just it feels doable, you know, like it doesn't feel like it's such a challenge. Not that a challenge is a bad thing, but when you're trying to create and make shifts, you know, we don't want to be too challenged. We want to create something that starts out that we can build on. And I love the idea of just focus on one thing at mm-hmm. a time. Absolutely. I am a huge proponent of focus and in micro levels and macro levels. So like when it comes to a macro level in your business, like what is your one major focus for the next 90 days? And then on a more micro scale, what is your one step for this next 90 minute block of work? And and everything else can wait until that is completed. You know, I, I like the analogy of the sun versus the laser. You know, if you think of the sun, it emits billions of kilowatts of energy down to the earth. But if you stand in the sun for too long, you know, the worst that happens is you get a sunburn. But a laser channels just a few watts, not even kilowatts and far from billions, just a few watts into one direction. And that's enough to cut through diamond. That's Mm. the power of focus. Ooh, I like that. I've never heard that before. That's really powerful. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why I love time blocking so much is because that is the framework within which I know that I can stay focused on this. And if distractions come up, I have a place. I'll talk about that a little bit later, how I deal with distractions, but that I have a system in place for handling things that I, that would normally pull me away into a different direction and they will be addressed. I don't need to think about them now so that I can stay focused and actually make progress in one direction without diffusing my energy into a, a dozen directions and, and not making any true progress in any one of them. Okay, so we need to talk about this time blocking thing because I really need to learn that system for not going down rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Tell me about it. <laughs> That was that was my you know spending ninety five percent of my time in a, in a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I find that too, and I and I give myself the excuse of well, but I've been working really hard. I deserve some time to just be entertained. But that you mm. know, few minutes turns into an hour, and I'm just like, <gasps> now I start to panic. Mm-hmm. And you know, like there is a place for being entertained, and the thing is, is when you designate that time then you can be fully engaged in the entertainment and not have guilt around you should be working. And when you're working, you don't, or if you're, you know, like working and you're thinking about the entertainment, you don't have to worry about, oh, like, will I be entertained? You know that there's designated time for that entertainment or Mm. whatever it is in your life. If it's for health or if it's for relationships, when you have designated blocks for the things that matter to you or the things that you want to enjoy, you don't need to be worrying about it. You know that it's going to come up at this time and you can ease up about it. Okay. I like that idea. It's like just it's like when the the um the moment comes up or the the craving comes up to to allow yourself to be distracted, you can just remind yourself, yep, don't worry about it. That's coming. You can just just wait like half an hour or you know, two hours or whatever. We've built that into our schedule. We'll do that later. Is that mm-hmm. kind of what you're talking exactly. about? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I like yeah. that. Yeah. And so that's on like the more micro level when you're within a block and if you get distracted on something, um, 
I'll touch on this a little bit later, but basically I have a what I call a distraction pad beside me where I just jot down anything that's going to distract me on that piece of paper, and I know that I'll address it at, at a future point. Oh, wow, a distraction pad. That's kind of like my little sticky note pad that I have. So when I'm listening to things, I just write them down, and I put them into my little pile, and those are things that I can focus on later. Yeah, similar to that. <gasps> oh, I like that. Okay. You know what I also – it's 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 so – I like systems like you are so speaking my language when you talk about systems and time blocking and all this stuff like I'm really into this. So um, so can we can you share more about like what, what your system is for time blocking? How does that work? Because I think I need to learn it. <laughs> Absolutely. So fundamentally, time blocking is really just scheduling in advance what activities you'll be doing and when. But more importantly, it's scheduling essential activities in advance to make sure that what has to get done actually does get done. So, you know, there's like, if you think of the, the, the problem that we, that we face is really distractions, but what the source of them is, is that there's a war for our attention. You know, there's millions of things fighting for our attention. There's emails, texts, calls, um, meetings and social media, which is specifically engineered to capture and capitalize on our attention, right? So it, we're fighting like science that is applied to capturing our attention. And then on top of that, there's information overload. You know, there's all the things that you want to be learning or the or whatever news that's so readily available to us on the internet that if you're not very conscious and intentional about how you use your attention it will be captured and it will be held until you realize that it's been captured and and you're like oh whoa all of a sudden you wake up and you're like oh i've been down this rabbit hole right and so all of these things distract us from our most important work they distract us from making progress on the things that truly matter to us in our lives and in our businesses so that's like external distractions, but then there's also internal distractions. So thoughts that come up that distract us and, and you know, we're concerned about a different project than what we're working on right now. And, um, and maybe, you know, like within our business, we're thinking about, oh, what about this other thing uh, that I should be working on? And if you don't have a system in place that you know that'll be addressed, then then now you're you're scattering your mind and you can't focus again. You can't make that progress in one direction. So, you know, this really it leads to like overwhelm and stress and, you know, all, all, all the competing to do's we have that we're juggling between work and, and home life. And it's it's exhausting. <laughs> yes, just thinking about it can be exhausting. <laughs> and, and what most, or you know, a lot of entrepreneurs think to solve this is that they just need to get more done faster. But the problem with this is, you know, there's this obs obsession with hustle and grind, and and working more and more and longer and longer, and that's that obsession and that and that belief that we need to just do more faster is what's it's, it's literally killing people in japan they have a term that they've coined kuroshi and it's death from overwork it is is what it means mm -hmm. and that's 
you know, that's not unlike the Americas. We have, you know, hundreds of thousands of deaths of people of relate, you know, stress related work deaths. And that's like, that's totally avoidable. So like, I don't think that productivity is really about getting more done faster. I think it's about getting the right things done so that, and, and doing those things efficiently so that we can do less. And, you know, my goal is to serve the most I can while also working less and, and living more and, and truly, you know, I'm not trying to make a living. I'm trying to design a life. Mm. Yeah. And I really like that your motivation came from not, you know, trying to reach a goal monetarily or, you know, success version, your version of success was being able to do what you love, but also be with the people that you love. So that, that, you know, that motivation came from wanting to create that space and wanting to create that life vision that you have, which is mostly about spending time with your family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we want to design the life that we want and, and, and have time for our family and for our health. Health is a, it's also a very high priority for me. We need to be intentional about how we spend our time and how we spend our energy. Yeah. So I, one of the things that I really liked was that you talked um, about so time blocking and making sure that you're focusing on the essentials, right? Not just all the things, but the the important things. So how do you, do you have a system for kind of figuring out which of those things on your to-do list are essential? Yeah, actually I have a, a cheat sheet that I want to give to your audience. It's, um, it's a 90 day cheat sheet for, for crafting your, your, well, it's a cheat sheet for crafting your 90 day plan of action. Hmm. And, you know, it kind of follows uh, a model that's, it's pretty simple to to remember so it's the GPS framework so when it comes to the G that's first you need to create a game for yourself most people would call this a goal um, I call it a game because a game has an outcome like like a goal does and it has rules but it's also meant to be fun mm. and so first you wanna you wanna map out like what's your game and, and then you need to create the P, which is the plan. And so you, you want to map out, like, if this 90 days, I have this outcome I want. Um, you know, I don't know. Let's say it's getting, getting six partnerships in the next 90 days, something, something uh, specific. And then you want to map out a plan. Like, what are the steps that you'll, that you'll take to achieve that, you know, I, this, I break this all down in the cheat sheet. I'm just giving an, o an overview right now. But then the S is the part that uh, I often don't hear about. And I, and I also and myself fell into that trap of creating a goal and a plan and thinking I'm all good. But then not having the S component, which is scheduled time to actually work on your plan. Mm. So like if I just give you a little example, I, uh, my wife and I, we, we love playing music together. Uh, I'll just pick up the guitar, start coming up with a riff 
and she'll sing, and all of a sudden we have this like awesome song. It's just naturally evolving. But since we've had our kids, we haven't been prioritizing that as much, and so we haven't been playing music and connecting in that way that we love. So I thought to myself, okay, I know what I need to do. Uh, I'll set a goal as a direction that will focus our energy. So the goal was to create an album, and I made it specific. It'll be 15 songs, and then I knew I needed to. Okay, I also need to create a plan because a, a goal is just it's just like it's basically just a dream if you don't have a plan for it. So then I created a plan, broke it down. Okay, you know we're gonna look at all the different song ideas we have. And we're going to find the ones we like the most. And then from there, we're going to structure the songs and, you know, work on the arrangement and, and so on, right? So I, I mapped it out one step after the other. What was the, what needed to be done and in what order? But then what happened was nothing. Nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> Life went on and we continued to... Um, you know, take care of the kids, uh, take care of business, and 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 not work on our music. And that's when I realized that I didn't dedicate time to doing it. So, you know, I had I had this goal and it's planned, but it was destined to fail because <laughs> there there was no space created to actually make it happen. That makes so much sense, right? It's like you're thinking, okay, we're gonna do it. And then nothing. <laughs> yeah, so you know that's that's again where 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 time blocking comes in is without creating space in your life to insert new new uh, desires or outcomes, you're going to fall into the whirlwind of life. Mm. There's um, if you want to dive into like the specifics of of how we time block. Uh, just as like an, an overview, uh, I'll give you, you know, the first there's like the skeleton that I map out in terms of uh, health, relationships, and business. Those are my three categories that I that I insert into my week as I'm planning it. And then I go into the details of like actually planning and inserting what are the essential activities and the meetings and and so on so from a larger high point of view when it comes to the skeleton like the main categories of life health relationships uh and business and i you know for, for me i prioritize life first because if you know my my goal of working less and living more i i need to prioritize that so if I if I break it down into like specifics of our of our day, I when I'm planning out my 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 kind of ideal day, it starts off with sleep. Because to me sleep is such an underrated productivity hack uh and and foundational element of health. So the mornings are for health and then the evenings are for family time. So we have our dinner, maybe 5.15 uh, until 6, dinner and clean up. And then we have family time for two hours, basically. Uh, 
six till seven and then seven till eight is like getting ready for bedtime but still family time and then um ideally kids are in bed uh in bed it's and hopefully sleeping uh at eight and then tamara and i have time together until um it's time for me to fall asleep <laughs> and get that <laughs> that well-needed rest so that's that's kind of like you know how i think about it in terms of of the life side of things um and then on the work side of things there's you know i establish like what are my i guess ground rules how many hours per day do i want to work because the the trap that i used to fall in was i just need to get more done and and i don't have you know i just i would work there was no set end time there was it wasn't even really a set beginning time and i would work you know maybe six or seven days a week but that's unsustainable and and of course I, i'm not going to be addressing other very important parts of my life if i'm not addressing my health and my relationships like that's actually going to affect my business i'm not going to perform as well because you know if i'm not getting proper sleep and, and movement obviously that's going to significantly affect my ability to perform um and then in relationships if i'm unhappy that's also going to affect my ability to perform at work so first thing is how long am i going to work um when do i start and when do i end so for me it's 10 to 5 that's my beginning and end times and this is a little bit outside of the conversation but there's some other things too like where are you going to work um that's that's focused so there's some other ground rules in there but i'm not going to go into that too much um because you know i used to work at the kitchen table and that was creating context confusion where my brain associates spaces to activities and so if i'm in the kitchen that's where i eat food that's where i spend time with my family and if i'm also working there i can't mentally and somatically enter the proper state of mind to be truly effective so so now there's one room that's the office and i all i do in there is i work i don't confuse any other activities so that when i'm in there and this is part of the rituals which i'm going to get into in a minute um having start and end work rituals that get me into a state of mind and so walking into the proper space is part of that ritual so once i know my start and end times then i schedule in what i call a power up ritual and power down ritual and these are so valuable for entering a peak state and like a focused state of work and also what i used to find was when i was working and i didn't have an end a power down ritual i would i would be working and then i would end work and i would enter family life and i would still be thinking about work and i would be basically still working in my mind when i'm with my family and there was kind of a blurry distinctions between work and family life and so power up and power down ritual clarifies and creates a distinction and enters me into the proper state of mind so that I can when I'm at work I'm fully at work when I'm with my family I'm fully with my family I assign 30 minutes for for both of these I experimented to to kind of um settle on on 30 minutes as like what I needed to do what how the time I needed to accomplish what I wanted to do in in those 
in those power down and power up rituals. I, I run my, my day, my schedule off Google Calendar and I actually have a separate screen beside me with Google Calendar open at all times just so that I can see where I am in my day and how much time I have left in my block when I'm going to take my break and I can just glance over and see where where I am and and make sure that I'm that I'm still focusing on the right thing that I had assigned to myself so that's kind of a a, a side point um but that's once you know my day is is fully blocked out I can reference it so I have my beginning and end work points I have my power up and my power down rituals which is bookending the day with 30 minutes chunks and before I start going into like planning my my time what I manage above my time is my energy so I want to make sure that in the time that I'm working I am working at peak efficiency and the only way I can do that is if I have proper scheduled breaks so I schedule into every day and there's two ways I do this either I schedule a 30 minute break every 90 minutes so basically a 90 minutes block of work then a 30 minute break maybe for lunch and then a 90 another 90 minute block and then a 30 minute break for a nap um, sometimes I take a nap sometimes I just take a break um, and then a, a, another 90 minute block so that's one way I do it and I also sometimes do it where it's a three-hour block and then a one-hour break and then a three-hour block. And that kind of depends on what kind of meetings I have that day and how, how the day is best going to be structured. So those are the, the big blocks, but um, which, you know, you can experiment to find out what's your ideal work length time um, and what's your ideal break time. But that's, that's not the only part to it that's the kind of the macro breaks but then there's a micro breaks so within let's say a 90 minute or three hour block I also do Pomodoro so Pomodoro is where you work for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break and so that's just enough time for me to get up go to the washroom refill my water and do what I call a micro session. Um, so this is, you know, a tangent. It's outside the scope of the conversation. But basically, I break my workup out throughout the day. Instead of doing a workout all at once, I do micro workouts or micro sessions broken up throughout the day. So maybe I'll do six, six push-ups or pull-ups or, or, you know, squats, depending on what day um, I am in my workout routine. But it could be anything, you know, if you wanted to just add two push-ups after every time you go pee, that's how I started creating these micro sessions. And what that does is it refreshes my energy and it, it, keeps, it keeps my energy high so that I don't get that lull halfway through the day. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> this tying into different concepts, you know, in my, in my perfect productivity program, I, I go into how to maintain your energy and, and focus and priority into more, more depth. But, I, you know, just touching on a little bit of the importance of, of energy management above time management, because what's the point of having your time blocked out and, and scheduled if you're drained and you can't focus? Like that's, you know, people say that time is our most important commodity, but time without energy is useless. 
So that's why I manage my time, but my energy. Yeah. And I think it's important too, for people to start to pay attention to when they are most energized and productive. Like I know for me, don't ask me to do anything after about six o'clock at night. Like I am not a night owl. That's yeah. not when I'm, when I'm fully juiced. Like I would rather get up at 5 a.m. And, and work then, than start working at 5 p.m. So like, I love what you're saying about energy and it's like really tapping into what gives you energy and when you're most energized. Cause that's when you want to put like, especially those essential tasks into those energy blocks that are best for you too. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, <clears throat> that's one of my next points. Um, but just wanted to like touch on what you're saying about after 6 p.m. you 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 know don't ask you to do things. Well, that's that's also the the idea of decision fatigue, which is as our day progresses, we make decisions all throughout the day, and our decision making power, like a battery, gets drained, and and we make poor decisions later in the day. You know, if you look at people like I remember, and I used to stay up late, and I would play video games, and I would eat food that you know sometimes junk food or whatever or people would go to bars and and drink a lot of alcohol and not to judge those things it's just that for me personally i found that later in the day the choices i made were not as in alignment with what i really wanted to accomplish what i truly wanted for my for my life and so to be aware that throughout the day um your decision-making power depletes and especially if you don't rejuvenate it with breaks or you know maybe sometimes a midday nap which um, kind of sounds ridiculous that I that part of my work days were a nap but it, it you know really helps me to stay fresh and make sure that my decision-making power is is that it's at the most it can be yeah and I, I like and I think that really ties into the whole you know time blocking and pre-planning is you know, you can kind of take those decision fatigue moments or, or out of it because you've already decided, you've pre-decided that this is what you're going to do. So you don't have to now be, you know, forced to like, but do I feel like doing it? Do I want to do it? You know, that's the emotional side of it is taken out of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's that's a huge component that that is so valuable for me when I'm, <clears throat> when I sit down to work, like I don't even know what I'm going to necessarily work on that day because I've already predetermined it the day before. I don't have to think about it. I just sit down, look at my schedule and get to work. <laughs> and I don't have to, I don't have to decide what to do. It's already been predetermined. And like you said, yeah, that just conserves a ton of energy. Yeah, absolutely. Like they say people like you know, Zuckerberg or whatever, you know, Steve Jobs, they tended to wear the same clothes all the time because they just didn't want to waste their time making that kind of a decision that did not actually impact their day <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah totally i do the same thing <laughs> right I, I mean i would love to have a uniform that i could just put on i mean it'd have to be very comfortable but you know if i could just put on my uniform every day and not even think about it i'm a happy girl <laughs> <laughs> clearly fashion is not my priority <laughs> yeah my wife is like but what about variety? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you value variety more than I do. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm not the one looking at myself either, so it's not that important to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's another part to it. She's like, you wear the same thing. Like, I want to see like something different on you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Asha, how can people like how can people access this cheat sheet that you have and learn more about your um, your courses and the programs that you're offering? Yeah, so if you go to perfectproductivity.net slash Jessica, there'll be a, an opt-in there where you can enter your name and email, and then you'll be sent the cheat sheet that also goes along with a training that explains more in depth um, how to use the cheat sheet and also gives you a, a broader context of, of productivity as I see it. And yeah, and also the opportunity if uh, you're interested, there's going to be the opportunity after that cheat sheet to book a call with me if you want to learn more about how maybe I can help you work with um, implementing the I'm set framework for becoming highly effective and shaving time off of your work week. Yeah, and I think that's a great idea is to be able to work with somebody to set this up because, you know, it's it sounds to me like there's a lot of like mindset and a lot of energy thought and emotions and like there's a lot that would go into creating that. And I think having somebody walk you through it would be super beneficial. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and like, you know, like you said, I, I was just just digging into the top of the surface of we touched a little bit on energy, but time blocking is really just one of the nine steps of the full framework and so yeah there's there's so much um i get excited you know sometimes <laughs> people can get overwhelmed with everything that um oh i need to do all these things but personally when i realize oh there's all these things i can do i get excited because how much more whatever it is effective i can be or healthy i can be or loving and gra grateful i can be knowing that there's more things out there that i can really learn and implement that's that's the reframe that i take instead of overwhelm I, I i switch to excitement not i need to do it all now but i get to progressively realize these visions yes i love that and you know one of my mentors um evan carmichael I've been um, involved in his program lately, and he talks about the concept of and instead of or, right? And that's one of the things that I really love is like, yes, I get to do all these things. I can do all these things. You know, it's just a matter of, like you say, it's just prioritizing them and putting them into your life and deciding where they fit. But I can do it all if I want to. I just need to figure out where it all fits, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also acknowledging that there's sometimes seasons for certain aspects of our life that we want to spend more focus on and you know like and, and in business as well like for the next 90 days this is going to be our focus and these other things that i'm interested in can also be addressed just not right now and maybe now is not the season for that opportunity or whatever it is that i want to pursue yeah, I agree. I love the, the 90 days concept because like three months, if you just can focus for three months, you would be amazed at what you can get done, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So before I let you go, I always have to ask my guests, if you could give somebody who's ready to take their business to the next level, one piece of advice, Asha, what would you suggest? Yeah. So when, you know, I, like I, I gave a lot of different you know maybe threw a lot of information out today um, but if there's one thing that I would pick out as like something that you can apply is to identify what's your m number one m like most essential business activity and then block out time specifically to work on that 
So let's, you know, if you find that, okay, you know, creating content is my number one activity, then I'm going to block that out. And like you said, earlier in the day, maybe your first block of the day will be designated to that activity. And the cheat sheet, I, you know, I help you break it down 90 day with your 90 day outcome and then creating what I call a lead measure, which is the activity that leads to what you want to do. So that's my tip is what's something that's actionable, that's essential for your business growth, identifying that and then blocking that out on your calendar and starting with that, you know, just starting with what's the one thing and putting that in as your primary focus. I love that because everything else will find its way in, right? I mean, that's that's just the nature of the beast. So, you know, by taking that one thing that's most important and making sure that you build time for that is, I think, probably a game changer right there. Because too often, you know, it might even be the thing that we don't enjoy doing, but it, it's essential. And if we don't build it in, it won't happen. Whereas all the other stuff, it, it'll happen because we either enjoy it or... Um, yeah, it just, anyways, that's, I love the idea of making sure that you identify that one thing and, and putting it in there first. So, yeah. And like you said, it's, um, you might not enjoy it. Um, and it's probably even the scariest thing that you can think of to do in your business. That very well, that very well may be your most essential one, because that means that you're going to be growing. You're going to be stepping into something new that's uncomfortable. Yes, absolutely. And that that takes us into a whole other subject that we could get into about the whole <laughs> self-sabotage and all that cool stuff, right? And and that's what I love is that, you know, the, your system for getting things done really does take away, like you say, the decision fatigue, the self-sabotage, all of that, because you're 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 removing it before it can show up, right? So love it. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for having me on the show. I, I really enjoyed our time together. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. And I'm serious. We're going to do a round two. I feel it. Let's do it. Yes. Let's do it. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much, Ashel. 